0: Welcome back to Up the Villa podcast, joined by Justin.
1: How are you doing? Very good, mate. Fresh from London at the weekend and getting them three points.
0: Yeah, your pockets are full of three points. Back to B6 <laughs> with a smile on your face. Absolutely. <clears throat> Love it. So we got we're gonna go through the predicted lineup. What we're gonna predict. Oh, we don't even know. We're just gonna Go off the cuff with it. We'll just see what happens. Um, And then, yeah, we'll have a look at what we can expect from Legia Warsaw as well. But some Villa news that we haven't spoke about yet is Aston Villa's acquisition partnership with Rail Union, which is a club owned by the Unai Emery family. And I've got a quote from Nassef here. And I think this... Sort of, to me, gives me so much excitement and confidence for the growth of what we're about to embark on. Uh, And this is the quote, and I I think it's brilliant. So he said, uh, the expansion of our relationship with the Emery family. I mean, if that doesn't say tied down, like... Yes, you're here to stay, then I think it's absolutely amazing. So uh, if we just sort of go to uh, the statement from Villa. So V Sports and Aston Villa are delighted to announce a new collaborative partnership with the Spanish club, Rail Union. The Basque club-based uh, club currently plays in the Premier Federica federation is that what it says i don't know the third tier of spanish football one of the founding members of la liga ral union won the Rey on three occasions in their early years um Raul union joined by the growing v sports global network of clubs alongside the number one team in japan visal kobe who have just won the league zfc and Victoria sport um so yeah, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely love it. And then uh, we've got some like pictures here. Look at how happy they all look. It's a nice stadium, isn't it? That I really like that stadium. Enough, yeah. Um, and yeah, just um, yeah, brilliant stuff. So what are your thoughts on that before we get into predicted lineup?
1: I think it just it's a yet another very, very sh- shrewd and clever move by the onus, isn't it? You know, we've seen this expansion of the V Sports Group through other countries and other teams and to link up with other parts of the world and to allow our youth players to go over and experience, you know, different ways of of playing, different nationalities, different cultures. I think it's a it's a great thing to do, different coaching techniques. So, you know, we've already seen us add two or three, you know, teams to this, but this is a really strategic um link up isn't it because of uh, the the, because of Unai Emery and his in his you know history with this club and I think it just ties us that little bit closer doesn't it it gives it gives Unai that extra reason. He doesn't need any reasons already, but it gives him that extra reason to to love the club. You know, the owners have obviously spoken very in depth with him about the club. They probably was looking at a Spanish club to to get their teeth into as well. And, you know, it makes sense that 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 they've linked up with Unai's club because he's got a direct link with them and, and and you know it should be a real close tight knit you know combination of the two clubs going forward. So I think it's really, really good I think Una is here for a very, very long time. Mm. I can't see. I'm struggling to see a reason why you'd want to leave in the very in the in the far future, let alone the you know, the near future. So love it, love love the link ups, love, love what we're doing. Love the owners. I think the owners I know we've given them lots of love over the years and Unai's taking the headlines at the moment, but take a step back and look what the two owners have done since they've arrived. It's nothing short of sensational. Um And they just continue to grow, to grow us all the time, don't they?
0: Definitely. So we'll try and stick to talking about sort of like Europa Conference League rather than splitting it into the Premier League. But what do you think that result on Sunday will do for the squad long-term, Premier League-wise? You know, what do you think it's going to bring
1: um, it, you know, it was a really interesting game on Sunday. We spoke a lot about it in the week, didn't we, about how they were going to set up, how we were going to set up. And if, I, if I'm honest, I felt they were going to change the way they played to cope with us. And it really, weirdly, it was the other way around, wasn't it? We changed the way we played to our sort of backup formation and backup way of playing to, to try and combat them. And it didn't work, did it in the first half. So I think what it does show is that, you know, Emery, when, when things aren't going right. I, I could not wait for that half-time we saw on, on, on mm. Sunday. So and and I, I generally, I, I talked to uh, Simon, who I went with at half-time, and he was panicking, oh, God, this isn't going well, is it? And a few people around me mutterings. Obviously, the goal just for half-time was massive. But even if ha- that hadn't gone in, I was, I don't know why, I know I'm always confident, but I just felt if we could just get in with just one behind... Let Emory get into him i i I tweeted I, th- I think I tweeted the substitutions. I said I think this is what's what needs to happen that's exactly what happened Tielemans and Bailey. I just felt we if we just rise it anywhere near our normal level, we was well off it first off. we were still easily good enough to get into the game and go on and win it, and that's what happened so I think what it does is it gives the players even more belief that that manager. He's just a really good manager, isn't he? And I'm sure I'd love to have heard what he said at half time. I'm sure he calmed them all down. I'm sure he spoke to them methodically about, right, this hasn't worked. So we're going to do this. We're going to change these two players. I'm sure he explained thoroughly to the two players that came off their reasoning behind that. And then the players went out and executed our normal game plan. And we controlled the game fantastically second half. So whether we are going head early or whether we go behind, there's always a plan, isn't there? And there's always there's no need to panic. There's always a way back into every single game. And if you trust the process, and more importantly, trust the manager, which I firmly believe every single player at Villa does, is trust the manager and what he says and what he you know does. It generally works nine times out of ten. Nothing's perfect, obviously. But it's it's just fantastic, isn't it? You know, I, I was blown away by the second half. I thought we controlled the game really well, and th- I was going to say thoroughly deserved the win. Maybe not thoroughly deserved the win, but I think we deserve to to get the three points by the time the whistle blew at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, and there's been a lot of chat about Villa's Highline, <clears throat> and I think I think the broader fan. So maybe not a Villa fan. You know, they, they they make observations, don't they? And they make perceived judgments based on not a lot of knowledge. And I think that's what happens in football. And I think there's a few things that come into that. And what I mean by that is the away form. So whenever I'm watching and hearing people talk about Villa, it's home form's brilliant, away form's not very good. And we we did a little short video, and, and it was you actually talking about it. And I, I put the title is uh, Villa's Away Form, It's Not a Problem. And you went on to say, you know, it's not a problem. And and, it, and it's not because we not we weren't at the bottom of the uh, away no. chart. We were like 12th, but we were, like you said, we we're a win away from being, you know, I think we're fourth now, but there's about four, well, about we're, seven teams.
1: All yeah, of, we've got 10. Temp- yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on.
0: So there's about, seven, there's about six or four. Oh, I don't know how many teams, all on the same amount yeah. of points. So it's not a problem. So that perceived judgment is not a problem. Then you go on to, people say, Villa play with a high line. But then when you actually look at how high our line is, we're like mid-table for how high our line is. And mm. I think the other thing that I'd like to say is the point that we saw on Monday Night Football about that astronomical number of how many times we've, we've caught a team offside. We've the high line, but I think the phrase that we should be using now is an offside trap. I think that's yeah. the phrase we should be using because it's it's not a high line, it's an offside trap, and that offside trap is getting teams offside like about 50 times more than the next team that's below us. So I think though what I'm trying to say is those little sort of preconceived judgments that teams are making and fans are making of us. When you actually look at it, it's not actually that at all, is it? Really?
1: No, it's not. I, you know, that's a, that was a phenomenal statistic when I saw that uh, the other day. It, it's coaching, isn't it? This is what it is. It's elite level coaching, and it's it's players that that are so well drilled they know exactly how to catch people offside. And you know, as Arsenal proved donkeys years ago, it's very difficult to play that 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 offside rule if you like because you have to the back four have to be literally in sync the whole time because if one of them is slightly out of position you're screwed and and the way that we do it is that they're so well drilled that yes it's not a high line as in halfway line it's sort of midway isn't it so it's, it's, it's there to catch teams offside and and mm-hmm. I think at the start of the season, in pre-season, we got caught out quite a bit way, and we was all a little bit concerned going to season about our high line. And I think other teams have got this perception that, oh, we'll just get round the back of Villa because they play a high line, and we'll just time our runs well. What they don't take into account is how well drilled our back four is, and how yeah. easily now that that back four, when they move out, when the ball's coming, you know, they just move out; they all step up. Ball goes over the top, it happened time and time and time again on Sunday against Spurs. And yes, Spurs did dominate us in the first half, but they got caught time and time and time again offside. And that's not a fluke. You don't you no. don't get caught off 20 no. times in a half by fluke. And they and even though it kept repeatedly happening, they still didn't have an answer for it. They still yeah. didn't realise if they needed, this... to, you know, I I bigged up, sorry, Luke, I bigged up um uh, and I think he's a great manager. But all he needed to do was say to their players, just take another yard, step back another yard, and then hopefully that'll that will combat that, that line, the way they're playing it. And they didn't do it. And and they played the place at the end because they should have been two or three up, but they wasn't two or three up because they didn't know how to combat our, our defensive line. And the other thing is, uh, kind of to with your point there, is that this isn't
0: the striker not timing his run correctly. It's our defence, like... It's our it's our line that's good about it. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah, I think yeah. it doesn't matter where that player. I think our line is just that good. You know how many did Son? It could have had an act-trick, couldn't he, Son, but it was the offside easily, three yeah. times. Easily, easily. So yeah, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, I just wanted to hop, talk about the uh, offside trap. I got to remember to keep saying offside trap now and uh, not high line. But yeah, our offside trap is absolutely. Phenomenal. Right. So let's talk about uh, the game, then Legia Warsaw. And it's it's really hard to analyse Legia Warsaw, like most teams in our group, because you can watch clips. Like I've been watching like, like videos before these two episodes that I've done on, on how they play and the good things that they do, like when they've got the ball and, you know, in the Polish league and when they're attacking and that. But there's just no point because... They're not going to have that much freedom. They're not going to have that much time on the ball. They're going to literally be camped in with six to seven, eight players defending to try and sort of try and catch Villa at a certain given moment to try and catch us on the break, a little bit like what Alkmaar did. So, you know, there's literally no point me now sort of showing you like all of the, the goals that they've scored, etc. cetera, because they're going to be in with like a low defending block. but I'll try and just touch on some things that I think we've got to be careful of. And it's the, 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 is it Mookie? Is it Mookie or Moosey? Pekka has been their player that's been getting the goals. But I think for this game, we're going to see them change their front line with Gual. Moosey's going to play. I think one area that we've got to watch is we've got to watch this pace here. So for those given moments that they may try and catch us on the break, this player in particular is very quick, very nimble, and quite tricky. And he can actually finish, you know, his chances that he gets, he puts away with like real good, clean finishes. Both of these, so the wing backs, Kun and Wozlek, we know that they did damage on us with, you know, passing from one end to the other, from that end. To that end, they scored two goals from doing that. So we are fully aware of that. But for me, I think it's going to be a similar type of game to Alkmaar. If I had to pick out the two who I think are the better footballing sides, I think Alkmaar are a better footballing side to these. But I think these can defend a bit better. And I think they'll be more... Resolute, And I think, again, if I had to show you how I think the game's going to go, it is literally going to be like this. They are going to sit in there and it's going to look like that for, I think, the majority of the game. And it's down to Villa to break them down and just be careful that these three here, we're, we're sort of wary of those players. So what would you, Justin, say you expect the game to go like and then we'll predict the Villa team?
1: Yeah, I think they caught us cold in the first game, didn't they? We didn't really know what to expect. I think it was the first group game, wasn't it? And we all sort of maybe got a bit of bravado and oh I don't know you thought, oh, you know, I don't know much about him, so hopefully we can just roll them over. But they did. They caught us cold with that early goal, then we equalised straight away. I was thinking, okay, we've calmed down a bit now. And then they did it again. I think it was a little bit of naivety from us. I think, um, I think was it Long Lay's first game for us yeah. or and we was a little bit all over the shop in that game but I still think we created enough chances to win that game that night as well and that was away from home and we are a different cat the fish at home as we know and I think we're improving away now as well so I expect mm-hmm. us to be totally dominant with the ball I expect like you say for them to sit really deep and try and soak up the pressure and then try and hit us on the break like they did at their place and the front three are going to be the ones that we're going to try and do all the damage, I do think the back five but if we you know, if we can pen that back five in, so if our full backs can get final forward and the, the the sort of wide men, whoever we end up picking can, can sort of sit in and, and cause havoc in and around the box then if we can score an early goal then they've got to change their way of playing the longer it goes nil-nil the happier yeah. they're going to be and the more resolute they're going to be and the more confidence that'll give them. So for me, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be a really, really tight game if we don't score early. And it could be like the other couple of home well, the group game where where we scored late to win it. <laughs> or if we score early and they panic, then I think we could basically take them to the cleaners. Because I think if they lose their shape and they start losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of everything that had been drilled, been drilled into them before the game goes out the window very quickly if you score early, doesn't it? Because all of a sudden then they've got to start maybe having a bit more of a go. So I think we're going to score early. I think the crowd's going to be on top of them. And I think we could end up winning maybe two or three.
0: Yeah, this is a really, it is a difficult game because unlike yeah. the other games, they're coming on the same points as us. So they're coming with nine points we've got nine points they're coming with something actually to defend like they are a win away if they beat us they're through you know and that's that that's think they'd what be over they... the
1: moon with a with a point will not they they'd they're literally yeah, yeah, i they... think that it's the typical let's go and not get beat that's it as yeah. long as they don't get beat they're happy on on thursday night i think and then take the chances with the last group game.
0: Yeah. And then for a Villa point of view, if we beat them 2-0, we will top the group because how it basically works is our goal difference will be superior, but the head-to-heads will be exactly the same. And then the head-to-heads go on the goal difference and then we, we top the group. So potentially, if we win 2-0, we've we've topped the group before we have to we, play the last we, game. Yeah. Yeah. And then going into that Jurinski game in December with all of those fixtures... We don't have to play some of the players that we might still have to play in this game. So, yeah, big game. They're coming with something to defend. So I imagine their defending will actually be quite good because that's what they're going to come to do. But again, they've got a threat that could probably hit us on the break. But I think we're at home with this winning the group at stake. Go out and do it and then gives yourself an easier game for that Zurinski game as well. So let's pick the team then, Justin, let's go for it. And let's, I have no idea what we're going to pick. So we may disagree. We may not. Yeah. So let's go. (laughs) Goalkeeper situation. And there's a couple of things that I want to touch on before we get into it as well is there's a couple of players that have been playing through the pain barrier. Martinez before the game was a doubt. So, does he need resting because he was a doubt for that game? McGinn, playing through the pain barrier, does he need resting? Watkins, can he play Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday? You know, these players cannot play all of these games in December, so... Those are a couple of things that I will say. We don't know where Zaniolo is at with his injury as well. So, keeper-wise, ideally, we would want to put Olsen in goal. But it's a big game. And I just don't think we can. I think Martinez has to play. So,
1: yeah, <clears throat> I think you've hit you, you the nail on the head, really, with, with this quandary going into this game. And this this is the forms the basis of... How I, I look at this team for Thursday is that he, as much as Emory looks game on game, it is a million percent he's got his eyes on the next two or three league games. A million percent yeah. because they are so mm-hmm. important to our season. Bournemouth away, you know, obviously not as difficult on paper as the Arsenal and City games next week. I think he's got a real eye on those two games next week how intense they are going to be, how yeah. close together yeah, totally. the three league games are. You know, yeah. three games in seven days is is a, is a big ask in the Premier League. We're in a pretty good position in the group now. We're at home. I think if we were away, I think he would think about it slightly differently. So being as we're at home, I think he can afford to maybe leave out one or two of the players you've just been talking about because I still think, with the home crowd and our former home, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not disrespecting uh, Lechia Warsaw, but I think we can beat them with a weakened team. When I say weakened team, obviously not our first 11 out. So I think you really will tinker a bit with it. Yeah. it's a really My, interesting yeah it's really interesting I, how he goes so
0: I, I i know the comment sections i know there's going to be a lot of people saying play your best team to start with and then once the game's going well take those players off but the way i look at those type of things is as well it's not even sometimes the physical Amount of work. It's the mental amount of work that goes into those types of games as well. And I think, like we've alluded to as well, they can't play four games in the, they can't That's what the... Olly Watkins Ollie Watkins cannot play Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday,
1: What well, he, he, he certainly can't, can't do play. It. He certainly can't play four games like that and be absolutely at the top of his game. And this is what you've yeah. got to... We've got to make sure they're as, as, as fit and as, as, as close to their best as they possibly can be in four games in two, let alone, what, 11, 12 days. He's, he, it's almost impossible. It's it's such a difficult thought. And I <laughs> I I, 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 so I get what you're saying about that certain people will be saying, play your best 11, get yeah. two or three up and then rest them, take them off after an hour or a half time. The problem in my mind with doing that is, and I totally understand the, the thought process behind that is, if it is a really, really, and the, the opposition are more likely to be, to be better in the first half because their fu- their energy levels are high that 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 you know it's it's when you batter them down and you get to the end of the game for 60 70 80 minutes when their energy levels are going and they've had to defend for 60 70 80 minutes and they're tired then the mistakes creep creeping in in my opinion if if they're going to be resolute and they're going to be strong there's more likely going to be nil nil half time and if it is nil-nil at half time your first 11's out there, you can't really change it at half time. And if you get to 60, 70 minutes, then you start thinking, right, it's nil-nil, what do I do now? Because we've got to win the game. But our first 11's out there. So I would rather go with a, again, I'm saying it's second 11 and have yeah. those players up the sleeve for the last 20 minutes. So if you've got a Bailey, a Watkins, and McGinn, a Louise on the bench and, and at nil nil it's seventy it's nil-nil seventy minutes, then throw them on. The maximum they're gonna play is twenty minutes, then maximum. Mm-hmm. But if you start them and it's nil-nil at half time, you've got to put them out again for the second half to try and get that result, haven't you? So it's a really difficult one. It is a difficult one. So let's get on with it then and let's
0: try and pick this up. These three 100 percent starting for me I think long lay there's no reason why long way to, long lay doesn't start Carlos more minutes absolutely perfect predicament on the left hand side Moreno now surely is ready to start a game you know he played agree, 60 yeah. minutes he played yeah. 60 minutes for the under 23s moreno is back I would say right back probably has to be cash I think would you agree
1: Yeah, and and this, again, ties into a a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago is is in the window, we need a like-for-like for for cash for these kind of reasons. You've got Moreno and Dean that can both play that left-back role and then I totally agree, Moreno comes in for this game, now he's fit. He needs minutes in his legs now, so throw him in, see how he gets on. You've always got Dean on the bench at whatever point in the game. If you just say, he might even say to Moreno, have, have half a game, at halftime we'll put Luca Dean on, give yourself 44 minutes, go hell for leather, and we'll do 45 minutes each. We haven't got that on the right-hand side. By that I mean, yes, concert can play there, but he's not a right-back. On Sunday, very similar. Cash came off because of the yellow card, they were worried about him getting sent off, so concert had to play there. We haven't got that like-for-like like on the right-hand side. So if we want to play our number one way we play, then Cash has to Cash is the only player that can play in that role. Concert can, but he plays it when we switch to the other way of playing, doesn't he? So yeah. I think Cash plays, yeah.
0: Me too. A player that I think, again, is a definite is Kamara. He's unavailable for Sunday. So
1: he's rested. There he, he,
0: yeah. He's got to play today. So well, play on yeah. Thursday. And I also think. Now I know we said about players being rested I also think Luis is going to play I think I think Luis is going to start um and then I think Tielemans is going to go in that advanced play uh position in front of so he's going to go there and I also think where's Mr Ramsey I think Ramsey's going to start
1: Do you think Ramsey can start or not? Yes, I do. For the same reasons Moreno has done, it it all obviously depends on what the manager thinks of his workload. He came off the bench on Sunday and he did run around quite a lot for the minutes he stayed, on. he was on the pitch for us. Now, whether that was a, a, you know, I think he had about ten. Well, by the time the injury time had gone, he had about 15, 20 minutes, didn't he? So maybe that was a literal go on, run yourself round all game for the last twenty minutes, and then we'll just assess you Monday. And as long as there's no adverse reactions, again, I think he could play at least forty five minutes. So I, I would start Ramsey and Moran. I think it's a perfect game for them two to be, to be back in the first eleven. Um, I'm, I'm a bit different on Louise. I think. Yeah, Louise is one of our jewels in the crown this season. I yeah. know everybody's playing really well. I know it's hard to say that, but for me, I would. It's so difficult. I would probably leave Louise out uh, and who him for? on the bench. But this is the problem. Do you then drop Telemans in, or dare I say it, do you bring a Dendonker in? Hmm. I don't know. I think, like, it's not I like, think, for like um, at all, Louise and yeah. Donka.
0: But I think it also it's also where Zaniolo is at as well, because oh, you I could agree, you, yeah. you could put Tielemans there. Say so you yeah. could put Tielemans there. You could still play Ramsey. You could put Zaniolo on the right. You could do
1: something like that. I think that would possibly work. Um, I, I'd, I'd even be tempted to 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 put Tielemans in the six next to Louise, and then play um Zaniolo on the left-hand side and give Ramsey that free that free role and you know say to him go on play a free role in behind you know yeah
0: but I've I've i said on the match preview that I did yesterday that I also think you know there may become a time where someone like Dendonka in December has to play 25 minutes you know, he, he, there may be a Premier League game this in, in December where we 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 need then to come on for let's say half an hour, and he, oh. he's going to need some minutes in them legs to you know All to on. be up
1: to speed. So, how about I'll throw throw a, a curveball at you. I'm not saying this Go on, is going to happen by by any stretch of the imagination, but just bring that team sheet up again if you can. Right, how about Louise sits out. Yeah. And Tim Iribunum comes in. Great shout. We don't have a graphic for Tim. <laughs> oh, we
0: do. We do.
1: We do. Yeah, we do. I am all we go.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, I'll how about
1: yeah. Irraboonam, yeah. who, you know, he's a natural player in that position? He was on, I've just double checking before I said it, that he was on the bench on Sunday. Yeah. So, he must be fit. Yeah.
0: And then, and then you've that still is.
1: got. What you've still got that, which I like on which I liked on Sunday. And this is what I was saying to Simon, my mate, that, that in the having Tielemans in the middle of the park as opposed to the five at the back gives you that extra bit of of support in the middle of the park. Now Ramsey Tielemans, for me are two excellent players to sit in behind Durant because the key to the game on Thursday playing against a team that's going to sit back and just defend and, and, and basically yeah. part the bus, is that you've got to have players that can open them up. And and yeah. Tielemans, Ramsey and Bailey, for me, mm-hmm. is probably yeah. as good as we're going to get mm-hmm. with leaving our first 11 players out to rest them, ready for a really tough run of fixtures coming up after that in the league. And, and you know, like I say, that team would release Luca Dean, Dougie Louise, Watkins, DRB. Them kind of yeah. players would still be sitting there. Now, if needed, they could come on. I would hope that yeah. that team right there is good enough to, to to win the game outright without having to worry too much. I mean, you might find that if we are winning, he will just put a few of them players on because in the last 10, 15 minutes just to give them a bit of a, a warm-up. You know, you, you often see that. You could People are saying, why well, is he putting McGinn on now? We're tuning up with 20 minutes to go. If they don't play, then they often go out after the game and have a warm-down, don't they, on the pitch? Yeah. So, you know, keeping their legs going, you might see them play 5, 10, 15 minutes at the end of the game just to keep them sort of match sharp. But... Yeah, Timmy Rabunin, possibly. Yeah, I love it, Justin.
0: You know, I think it's got everything I want. It's got everything I want. A couple of them sitting it out. Strong team. What's not to love there? What's not to love? But one player that I do want to touch on, and I watched um, Pitchside, and I really feel like he's loving and enjoying, I'm going to use the word, enjoying his football at the minute at Aston Villa now. It's Telemans. You know, you you were there. I, I saw yeah. him, you know, on that pitch side, giving it, you know, giving it the big and in front of the away fans. And he's just looking like brilliant. Like that that no look okay. little slip pass to Watkins was was absolutely fantastic. And I think if you, even if you go back and have a look at sort of, you know, what what his role is here, he's, he, he, he's sort of, in his three man midfield. And, and I think when you think of like a three man midfield, you think of a midfield that looks a little bit like that. So a little bit of a triangle. Yeah. And, and he's still got to do a bit of that. And he's got to. But th- but this midfield that he's got here gives him a, a load of license to just mm. do some damage and put those little passes in. And one thing about Tielemans, I think, and, and I, I remember watching him for uh, Belgium, is that he really looks after the ball. And yeah. and I think when you give him the ball, he it, it, he looks after it. And I, and I think we're starting to see him in this position and in this role now, and and in this role that he's had to learn from Unai because you know it's a specialist position. But I just want to give him a shout out because I, I, I he's quickly becoming at the minute one of my favourite players. Like when I just watch him, and I'm like, I I really rate you. And um, again, I think he's only going to get better and better.
1: Yeah, is it? He's a lovely footballer. And I think what, what's happened is he's settled. He's actually settled within the squad now. And I think it's very often overlooked by us fans that players, new players come, in, come into clubs and you just think, oh, he's, he's this kind of player. He'll just pick up where he's left off from his old club but invariably you sign a player because they've done well at their previous club so you just pick him up from a club and you drop him in your team and you just go okay carry on doing what you were doing it's not as simple as that he's in a new environment with load of new players who, with load of new personalities that he doesn't know and there is always going to be a period of adjustment to going anywhere and and I think you want to feel like as well that that you can show your teammates, your new teammates, that you are good enough. You want to show the your new fans you are good enough. And because he had a bit of a stop start start to his sort of, his time at Villa at the start, he, he wasn't able to fully show off what he's capable of. But we've all seen now how good he is, and we've all seen the impact he has now, whether starting or whether coming off the bench. And he's a phenomenal footballer. He reminds me of another player that I think played in the eight was Mark Draper centre midfielder who who had a great passing range, decent enough engine, pick a pass and could score a goal as well. And I like him in the 8-10 role. I love him playing in that little position because, as Mm -hmm. you rightly just said as well, having that little two sixes in behind you negates the worry in his head of having to sit back. One of the biggest question marks, I think, towards the end of his Leicester career was that he was forced into playing the 60s. And because they were under the cost most weeks, week in, week out, a lot of Leicester fans were saying his legs have gone. He doesn't look the player he was 12 months ago. You know, I think he's finished. I think he's no good anymore. I don't think he can play at a high level. And that's been shown to be rubbish. It's because he's got that cover in behind him and he's got mm-hmm. quality players all around him. Again, we was talking about the other week, football in IQ. They've all got very high football in IQ and we play in a way that allows them all to express themselves. And that's exactly what he's doing now. And he's a joy to watch. He's got a massive smile on his face. He's creating goals. He's already scored one, hasn't he? And I think that the, his goals are going to start to come uh, you know, pretty regularly from now on as well because he yeah. loves a little dink as well. And, and yeah, he's been a, a phenomenal pickup for us, a phenomenal, phenomenal pickup for a free yeah. transfer.
0: One final point about him as well is the fact that I mean, there was that whole rubbish of he's not fit, he doesn't look fit, etc. But the beauty of an emory system, you know, it's it's like he's the chess player, is that if you put him where he's meant to be, yeah, if you put him where he's meant to be, he doesn't have to actually run that far. And that's and that highlights a great system because if it's all working in unison, he's in his key position. I think last season I, I remember watching them and I thought, you know, it was like they were camped in on the edge of their own box. And then it was like they all had to like run a marathon to get to the other end of the pitch to where he can actually do the damage. And you know, that space between defense and attack is so far. Whereas at Villa now he's sort of like in his own little zone and in his own little yeah. pocket. And that's where he operates and that's just <clears throat> that's just where he plays and <laughs> And
1: that's where yeah, it was, was lovely. Yeah, totally. It was lovely to see on the second half. They were kicking sort of up towards the Villa fans in the second half against Tottenham, and there was a period of about five or ten minutes when there was him, Louise, and Kamara, and they were playing with Spurs at the edge of their box. They were literally goading them, they were doing little one, two, one, two. well, one two, threes. there was like between the three of them, bang, 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 bang. And Spurs didn't know what to do, they were like, okay, what's happening now? And, there was, and the movement, the little triangles, and just waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, I'm not for a second saying we're as good as the peak Barcelona team with Iniesta, Xavi and Messi, but in a way, that's the way they used to play. They used to just ping it around between them all at the edge of the box, and they were all that good that eventually one of the defenders would switch off somebody who was also equally as good like a David Vieira or somebody that had it up front would make a really intelligent run which Watkins did and one of those three players is that good they'll just pick him out <laughs> it's such it's so easy when you think <laughs> about it isn't it keep the ball yeah. wait for them to the other opposition to make a mistake and have the quality to find your man who's made an intelligent run who can finish bang I don't
0: know. Easy, easy as that. Uh, right. So ending there. Me I mean, I mean, this just shows how good Villa are doing because we just thought, okay, we will just jump on and do a little twenty-minute. Twenty-minute. 30, Thirty-seven minutes later, and we, I could talk to you in about another half hour. But yeah, mm-hmm. so there's our predicted line. Let me just get it back on the screen. Uh, Justin went with his massive call of Ira Buen, which I actually like, and there's our team. Let us know what you think in the comment section down below. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Why do you disagree? Why do you agree? Uh, so, yeah, make sure you're hitting a like on this video as well. Um, and just cheers for all of your sport, like always. And we'll be back now with the fan cams. So if you do want to come on, just come on and just say your stuff. Uh, and then we'll get into Premier League action. Big week. But, yeah, up the villa. Thanks, Justin.
1: Up the villa. No way.